When does God stop being faithful? Does God stop being faithful when we don't see his faithfulness? Does God stop being faithful when the battle rages around us and the storm rages around us and we feel like we're going to sink and we see signs around us that we're going to sink? Does he stop being faithful then? I want to answer the questions right away. God never stops being faithful. God never stops being faithful. He's always faithful. The problem is we have a limited perspective. We have a limited view and we're easily directed. When there are storms all around us, when we use the analogy of the disciples in the boat and Jesus sleeping, and there are storms and it's black and the winds are coming and the boat is taken in water, we're distracted. And that's not a little distraction. We are distracted. Our focus is on the great amount of water that keeps coming in and not going out. And we know that equals sinking. The winds. Things around us falling apart. People around us falling apart. And that's our perspective. And that's, that's what we see. That doesn't mean it's necessarily truth. God's faithfulness is one of those things that's just... It's kind of too big for our comprehension. One of the things when it comes to perspective that, that causes us to see things incorrectly is this. We most often have the destination in mind and that's the most important thing. That is not true with God. That is not true with God. He cares more about the journey than destination. See, if it was otherwise, if he cared more about the destination, the minute we trusted our lives in Jesus, guess what he would do? If he cared more about the destination than the journey, the minute that something miraculous took place inside of us and we trusted in Christ and we gave our lives to him, he'd be like, come on, daughter. Come on, son. Right? Destination is right here with me. Destination is, is, is I've got a place for you in heaven. Destination is with me in heaven but instead this is what he says come on daughter come on son destination is here on earth as I walk with you as I walk the journey with you I'll never leave you I'll never run out on you well sometimes your, your perspective is going to be so skewed and your vision is going to be so blurred You've got to grab a hold of this and let it go deep into your heart. I will never leave you. I will never run out. I will never abandon you. I will walk with you. I will be with you through the storm. But there's a journey that you've got to walk. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three Hebrew men. God did not save them from going into the fiery furnace. They had to go into the fire. 
they had to go in to the furnace. Now they came through the furnace because he saved them in the furnace. The children of Israel. They had to go through the Red Sea. Now he parted the Red Sea. But you tell me, and I don't know how big the sea was. It doesn't matter. You, you tell me you're walking parted waters and there are precarious waves of water around you and you've got to walk through it. That's still, that's still, it makes me nervous. The Father did not save Jesus from the cross. Jesus had to go on that cross, be falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, murdered, mocked, scorned, and he had to die. His body had to sit in the grave. Rising up on the third day, conquering death on the third day. The Father did not save Jesus from the cross. And He does not save us from the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, 1-4 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Those of you who know what's coming next, you're like, stop, stop there. That all sounds so wonderful. I want to go back to the green pastures. I want to be beside the still waters. Kara and I were had the opportunity to head up to Silverthorne and spend a couple of days up there. We, we were beside the still waters. They weren't so still. They were actually quite high. Um, but it was very wonderful. Next verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In our perspective, and it being limited as it is, it is so important that we intentionally set our eyes on Christ. It is so important that we we open up the Word of God and we remind ourselves how good He is. It's good that we look through the the, the journals we've taken and, and the prophetic words that the Lord has given and His faithfulness to answer promise and to remind ourselves to set our eyes on God, to remind ourselves how good He is. And it's important to spend time with Him So that we're, we're asking the right questions. We're looking at things from his perspective. We're asking him how he sees this situation. Isn't that a great question? God, this looks like a big old turd to me. This looks like a big old mess. This, I don't even know what to do with this, Lord. And I've looked at it again and again and again. I just don't know what to do with this. How do you see this, Lord? Would you cause me to see how you see this? Lord, let me see this with your eyes and let my heart have hope. Sometimes we pray, I think often we pray, too much out of our own perspective. And so we pray things that would line up with our perspective and how we think the outcome should be. 
Now, the good news is we're praying. That's, that's the good news. But I, let's take this further. When we ask the Lord how he sees the situation and then we pray according to that, we've got a pretty good success rate there. We've got, we got a pretty good place peace there. Too many times we ask God to lessen the conflict when he wants us to ask, Lord, increase my courage. We ask God to lessen the conflict. We ask God to, to take us out of the battle. We ask God to just treat a symptom. Lord, would you, would you just still the waters? Because if you would just still the waters, then I'd be okay. And he's like, well, I stilled the waters. I stilled the wind. I, I took the storm clouds away. I got you to the other side. I, it was all my completed work. Don't just ask for a symptom. There's times God wants us to ask, Lord, give me the courage to walk through this with you. I'm not asking you to take away the conflict. I'm not asking you to take away the difficulty, Lord. I'm asking you to give me the courage to walk through this. You know, I love the word encourage. And and we as, as a church family, as the body, as the church, we are to encourage one another. We are to deposit courage into one another. That's what encourage means. We are to push courage into one another. We are to encourage one another. Do you guys know how much that is needed? Because we live in such a cynical world, such a critical world. Way more criticism in our world than encouragement. And possibly way more criticism on our lips than encouragement. Conflict versus courage. Lord, I'm asking you to remind me that you're walking this out with me. Lord, I'm asking you to remind me that you're bigger than this thing. Lord, give me courage to walk through this. Give me eyes to see that you are right there because then I will be courageous. I want to read some from Philippians Chapter 1. So if you open to Philippians 1 in your Bible app, we ain't leaving Philippians 1. This is where we'll find our core context today, and this is where I will kind of unpack some things. So if you'll turn to Philippians 1, then I will have bigger pauses between words. All right, you guys there? Verse 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ I I, got to start with the end of that real quick you realize that you can represent our God and our Father in your words You could do the same thing here. This wasn't limited to Apostle Paul. 
peace, grace. We can proclaim these over one another in the name of Jesus. Grace, peace. Not just pray it, but speak it, bless it to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Over six times in the New Testament, we see this word saints. Okay? Saints. We're not, I'm not talking halos. And I'm not talking about football players in New Orleans. And I'm not talking about ornate icons of different men and women in the Bible that, that sit on a stained glass image. Saints refers to Christians. It, it's a word for followers, trusters, and followers of Jesus. Saints. So we are the saints. It refers to Christians. So when we see this, let's not get hung up on, on like a religious word or, or, or symbolism. Saints are you and I. Saints speaks to two things, two directions. Okay? Up and forward. It, it speaks to what God has done in our lives and what our obligation is now as we walk out our faith as his bride. That's what it speaks to. Saints, we have been saved by God. We are saved. And now we walk forward. Saints, we come marching in. I should have played when the saints come. Maybe we can find, I don't know, into the service. I know you will. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Saints, in Christ Jesus. This means we have full possession of salvation. And everything necessary for our past, our present, our future, and eternity. All found in the completed work of Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. Verse 6. And I am sure of this. And I am certain of this. And I am absolutely convinced of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that salvation isn't in your hands? I am. Aren't you glad that salvation is not a result of your efforts, of your work, of your prayer, of your anything? It is the work of Jesus Christ. Boy, what a precarious, difficult, shaky mess we'd be in if our salvation was dependent upon us. Even that, God is so good. God is so good that He encourages us with, with words like justification. Just as I am. Just as I am, I come to Him. I don't have to clean myself up. I don't have to make myself right. I don't have to... I can come to him just as I am. And when I call upon the name of Jesus, I am saved. And it's not just because I called. It's because the Lord did this remarkable work where he prepared your heart to receive his presence and to make home in your life. It's not just because you called up his name. It's because he prepared it from the beginning of time. 
He says he desires not one person would perish. And when we call upon his name, it's that recognition of that, that work of Jesus Christ in our lives. And we're justified. But then that word sanctified, it means we've got to walk it out. We've got to walk the journey. God cares about the journey. If it was just justification, Lord Jesus, I give back to you. Poof. Where, where, where'd Eric go? Don't know. Oh, he's with Jesus. He just gave his life to the Lord. I'm going to miss you, Eric. I wish you would have finished dinner. I'm being a little facetious. God cares about the journey. What do we do once we, once we declare those words? What do we do with our lives then? Do we still run to Him daily? Do we still run to Him and walk out this life with Him? Do we still invite Him through every victory and every difficulty? I'm certain of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God will bring it to completion. I want to say this right now. If you think if you think that you're having a bad day You just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you're just not pleasant. And it's one of those negative days. It's one of those days when nothing looks good, nothing smells good, nothing fits right. Then you hit traffic and you step in dog poo on the way to the office and and your boss is not pleasant and whatever. And let's say yes, man, it was just one of those days. So you get in the car, you're heading home, someone cuts you off you cuss at them and you shoot them the bird. Now, I'm not saying you guys. I mean other people. I mean other people. I mean other Christians. Not you guys like someone else. Okay. And, and you, you know, cuss at them, shoot them the bird. And then you get hit by a toad. And it is instant. You're, you are gone. You are dead. If you think because your last moment on earth was ugly that you lost your salvation, then you don't know the God I know. Then that means our salvation is far more frail and weak than Jesus proclaims it is. If we think that every time we blow it, we have to rededicate our lives to Christ, we got to get saved every Sunday because every Saturday night we acted like a moron, then once again... (laughs) then we do not give God enough credit. And our salvation is way weaker than his word says it is. He is faithful through the storm. He is faithful through our moronical behavior at times. He is faithful. Young people... Keep your eyes on Christ. You fall down, you get up, you dust yourself off, and you get back and say, Lord, I repent. I had, we talked about this the other night, you know, it's family night. I repent, I change my mind. Lord, I see the way you see it. 
and I'm walking to you. I'm walking in it, Lord. And you, and you know that Jesus did not run out on you. That Jesus is not a liar. When he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, he meant it. Verse 13. Paul's talking here about a little bit of the things that he's gone through, the difficulties. He's talking about being imprisoned. In verse 13 he says, so that, it has, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guards. Actually, I'm going to back up to verse 12. I feel like that we kind of missed a part there. All right, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Man, I'm glad I backed up. That's huge. What has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. He's talking about the difficulties. He's talking about the bad, the ugly. He's talking about it all. But he's making reference to the difficulties. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest, to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, much bolder, much stronger, much quicker to proclaim God. God, God is, he is the ultimate green. He's the ultimate recycler. He'll use it all. He'll use it all. He doesn't waste any of it. Romans 8, 28 says, he turns all things for the good of those who love him. He turns all things for those who are called according to his purpose. All things. And here Paul is saying, it all was used to the glory of God. So check this out. This is interesting. Verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. So he's not talking about a false teacher or a false prophet, just so you guys know. He's just, he's not, he's not, he never once says they're, they're preaching a false gospel. What he's saying is, man, their motives, some of their motives are shady. It, but that's it. He, he kind of touches on it and walks away. Some indeed Christ from envy and rivalry. And he's referring to, to the growing church in Rome. He's referring to others that are preaching there. But then he says, but others, they're, they're preaching Christ from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Do you know what he says next? So what? So what? We see it translated as what then. Uh, Talia, if we can go get that verse up there. Um, have, has that verse been up there yet? So let's get that up there. It says so. It says what then? But it means so what? So what? Christ is being proclaimed. 
He doesn't condemn the guys. I, I'm sure he's not crazy about it. They're sitting there kind of slamming him. He's like, eh, it is what it is. So what? Christ is being proclaimed. He said only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. You guys, we're told in the Bible we will have trials. We're told in the Bible we will have hardships. We're, we're even told that we will walk through difficult places. We are told that there will be tests that will, will refine us like fire, like gold. That we, will have, that we will be refined, which means we will go through the fire. We, we are told that in doing so, that our character will be forged, that our, our resolve will be strengthened, that our hearts will become courageous and that we will be more usable through it all. If we pray, Lord, take me out of the fire. Lord, don't let me ever be thrown into that fire. Lord, I don't ever want to be... Lord, save me from being thrown into that fire. Then we miss the testimony of being thrown into the fire and, and not a hair on our body singed. And people look and saying, whoa, 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 we threw three men in there. Now there's four. If we pray for God to rescue us from the difficulty, if we pray for God to save us from the cross, if you will, then we miss out on the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that conquered death, that defeated shame, that defeated curse, that showed the enduring strength and power and love of our God, we miss it. See, the enemy actually taunted Jesus. Hey, if you're really the Son of God, why don't you call and have, have angels save you? As he's sitting there on the cross, he's like, I don't want to be saved from this. I know what my father purposed in this. I know what my father wants in this. I know what the result of this is going to be. I don't want to be saved from this cross. I could. Angels will come down, but I won't because I'm doing what the father has told me to do. Do our prayers speak of asking God to fill us with courage or do our prayers speak of asking God to save from the conflict. Verse 19 says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. This is interesting to me because it doesn't just say that through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that this will turn out for my deliverance. What does it say? Through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Why? The journey, the walk, and what we see right here is we're meant to do it together. We're meant to do it together. We are meant to lift up one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to stand with one another, to not be offended by one another. I, I tell my kids this all the time, and you can disagree with me if you want, but I'm telling you, I believe this to be true. 
you get to choose whether or not you're offended. You get to choose whether or not you're offended. Now, if I'm talking about your mama, that's offensive. I get it. I deserve to be popped. If I just say something that you just found offensive and you choose to allow offense in, that's on you. Or it's on me. If I allow myself to be offended every time someone says something in, in a tone that didn't quite fit my fancy, that's on me. Why do I say that? Because the message of Jesus Christ is often offensive. The message of Jesus is often offensive. And he even said, some of you are going to get offended and run. And he doesn't say it complimentary. We are called to do life together. Now, here's the thing. There's got to be a strength in our bond so that we can walk in unity, so that we can be strong in the midst of every difficulty that we're kind of walking out. And there's hard stuff that we walk out. There's hard stuff we walk out. Our time with the Lord, it can be so valuable if we truly have a sense of of listening, if, if, if we'll be silent before him just to listen. I, I, I talk. I, I mean, I, I talk more than the edge person. Sarah talks a little more than me. But the most valuable time in my prayer time are the quiet times. The times where I'm listening. The times where I ask him a really good question and then I'm listening. Lord, what do you think about this? Marie, I so loved what you did this morning. Lord, what do you think about me? Lord, what do you think about me? What a beautiful question. Lord, what do you think about me? And then we just sit there and listen. Lord, what do you think about this difficulty that I'm walking through? Or do you want to save me from it? Or do you want to strengthen me through it? Lord, I feel like you want to strengthen me through it. I feel like, okay, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm pretty certain you want to strengthen me through it. But I feel like I'm not going to make it. I'm just being honest with you. I feel like I'm not going to make it. I, it's really hard. It's like my heart hurts, Lord. This is really hard. I really need to see your provision. I really need to see your hand. Lord, I totally believe you, Jesus, that you won't leave me. I'm just letting you know how I feel. I'm not saying my feelings are, are real or true. Or, I mean, that that's the truth, but and they're real to me right now. This is how I feel, and I feel alone. So, Jesus, I need to see you. I, I just need to, to sense that you're right there. That kind of dialogue. And those are fantastic questions. And then, Lord, would you give me courage to walk through this valley? Yea, as I walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your strength and your comfort and your protection are with me as we walk through it. You guys, once again, every word that I'm preaching to you is never just meant for you. We have to grasp this. As the church, we have to grasp this. It is never just meant for for us in this moment or for us and the people that are going to be listening to the podcast. This is meant to be something that we can speak life into someone else's life. This is an equipping the saints for the, for the work and the service of the ministry kind of moment. Well, I'm just praying, asking the Lord to, you know, take me out of this situation. Well, friend, I love you. He's probably not going to do that. Not, not the way that you're asking him to. He's probably not going to do it just how you're asking. What he wants to do is, he wants you to see his faithfulness as he walks with you through this thing. So I just want to, I don't want you to end up being mad at God through this because you're asking God to, to deliver you from this valley of shadow of death to helicopter you out. And I'm just letting you know that ain't going to happen. Most likely. Well, then how should I pray? And then we teach them, then we guide them, then we pray with them, then we join hands with them. Can we close our eyes for a second? Think of a good question. Think of a good question for God. Just think of something that you're that you're praying for right now. And, and think of a way that you can phrase this. That that declares trust that the Lord is walking with you. That calls out for courage. And maybe think about these, the prayers that you're praying and maybe, maybe just a, maybe they've been that, Lord, would you rescue me from this? And he's saying, I want to walk through this with you because I know what the result will be when we get through the other side. Lord, we ask you right now to give us courage. Encourage us. Give us courage. Lord, we're asking for just a manifestation of your peace in our lives because you've shown us that we can have peace in the storm. We're asking you, would you give us eyes to see this situation this difficulty, this hardship, to see it as you see it. Lord, would you give us trust and faith to truly believe that you're not run out on us, to believe that our salvation is not some frail thing, but that we the foundation of our lives are built upon you, the rock. And when the waves come and when the storms come, we will not be destroyed. Because we are built on you.
Lord, I don't know all the difficulties. I don't even know a portion of the difficulties that are represented here in this room. But Jesus, you do. Father, you do. Holy Spirit, you do. So what I'm asking is, is, would you take this word that you've just stirred me to, to preach and bring the truth to it to one of our lives for every one of the difficulties we're walking out. You are the truth. We know that, Lord. You are the truth. 